What do most successful stores do to succeed in today's economy? We'll be talking about that with Bill Bush, Managing Director of I Love Pillow, on episode 13 of The Pete Primo Show. This show is brought to you by my free Facebook group, Pete Primo Sales and Marketing. Join today. This week's guest is my boss, Bill Bush, Managing Director of I Love Pillow. Bill, thanks for taking a few moments out of your vacation to be with us. Thanks, Pete. Happy holidays to you and your family. Yeah. So in full disclosure, Bill is my boss at I Love Pillow, and we pour our own very own memory foam in uh in michigan and you should know this bill is definitely the best boss i have ever had and i've been blessed with some really good bosses but when bill came on board with our company he came on board as the vice president of sales and merchandising and now he runs the entire company he is the managing director um, of our company and Bill, I don't even know how much you've increased the business in the last two years, but one would expect to see either flat or a slight decrease based on all the craziness of this year. And uh, that's not the case with our company. Just in broad strokes, we were very successful um, this year. How would you define that? How would you? Well, I mean, success can be defined in many ways. Uh, certainly, a lot of people like to look at it in terms of sales or metrics, but uh, the most important thing in any organization is the people. And uh, we've been very fortunate to have just a, just a wonderful team from our ownership group, which is just fabulous, uh, down to every employee we've have or have added. And, you know, when you when you have the term love in your name and you have a heart as your main part of your trademark, uh, it's all about the people because they are the heartbeats. So, um, yeah. our, our team is just fantastic, and of course, the results have been equally as fantastic. We're very happy with the overall performance and growth, and really the trajectory of the business. And you're a huge part of it. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, you know, you're a huge asset to the company. So uh, very happy to have you and all our teammates. Yep. I, I think that if I were to define the year 2020 at our company is it was setting, setting um, the right players on the field, Bill. I think we have a fantastic team. Wasn't necessarily that way when you first came on board. There was some work to do. And uh, you've done a lot of the work that needed to be done. And uh, I think we have a great team and uh, a lot of a lot of really great stuff happening. Um, quick, give us in just two or three minutes, quick history of our company and what we do real quick. And then we will go on and talk about retailers and business owners and things that they can do that you've learned over the course of your uh, many years in our industry. Um, so go ahead, do a quick commercial on our history of our company. Just 
Yeah, but uh, who who our company is? I love pillow. I love mattress. You know, our straight line is uh, instant comfort all night support, and in that simple tagline is who we are. Our products uh, give instant comfort, and they support you all night long uh, while you're sleeping and resting. And uh, we've been doing that for over 20 years. Um, as we know, you know, next to air and food and water, actually before food, you need sleep. It's essential to life. And our products provide really great features and benefits to help you get a great night's sleep. Um, our company actually started and still is in the automotive industry. Uh, we pour and mold acoustically sensitive and thermosensitive foam. And, you know, we were in business 20 years before we ever made our first pillow. And that's the neat thing is most people that experience our products were already customers. They just didn't realize it. Most car brands are already our customers. Uh, in our catalog, we show a Tesla as an example where we make some of their most important foam parts. And you can imagine in a car, whether it's a seat uh, or an engine block cover, uh, these are parts that are critical to comfort, safety. Uh, no one likes a loud car. No one likes a hot car. No one likes an uncomfortable car. Same thing goes to a pillow, a mattress, or topper. And that really is the headline of our company. We're experts in pouring and molding foam. And most products in the sleep arena uh, use that material. And we craft it ourselves. We don't source it from another company. You can't, we don't buy it from another company. We manufacture it ourselves. That's awesome. So, Bill, you have an unusual background in our industry. You, you haven't just been on one side of it. Um, you know, you started off with Sealy. You've been a big time mattress buyer. Um, you've had some big jobs in, in retail with really large companies. And you've been a vice president of sales of several companies. And you've had a chance to work with a lot of different dealers. You've been able to work with small dealers, really big dealers, the biggest of the big, and uh, successful companies and unsuccessful companies. And so what I wanted to do with this episode is kind of tap into your experience and uh, give business owners some strategies, maybe even tactics, what they can do to be more successful. And one of the things that I had to do last night is send an email to my producers, uh, Simon and, and Billy. And when I did, I didn't know our website off the top of my head. So I just Googled it and I kind of laughed because, you know, there's a paid ad in front of ours. And, uh, and I realized <laughs> that, you know, We've been extraordinarily successful, especially when you look at this year. Um, and, and, you know, you are an expert on competing against a larger competitor who's more well known, whose name sometimes gets confused with ours. And, you know, many of our business owners and store owners out there, they are competing against larger competitors that have big advertising budgets. And 
even people who seek and get publicity like we do. So obviously you focused on quality and that's always been our focus, but what are some of the strategies um, that, that we've executed in the past year that other businesses could execute in the, in the past year? Yeah, things that are transferable to those that own their own business. Uh, first, it's know who your brand is. You have to have a really good understanding of who you are, what you stand for, and how that's interpreted by those that uh, either buy your product or do business with you. And then um, I read a book a long, long time ago called Soar With Your Strengths. And I pretty much have modeled not all, but many of the things I've done with the many companies I've worked for that tie into that, which basically means don't be something you're not, understand the core competencies of your organization and team, and just leverage them. And so in a simple form, that's what we do. Uh, again, going back to what I said a couple of minutes ago, I love pillow, I love mattress. We have a big heart in the middle of our trademark. All night comfort, or excuse me, instant comfort, all night success. In its essence, that's our brand. And everything we do supports and endorses that trademark and that simple, simple message, whether it's a product. The strategies come back to, we live in a digital world, which is a double-edged sword. Long gone are the days, to your point, when a retailer, and I've done business in many retail markets throughout the US with many, when the retailer was my customer or I was the retailer, I, I never had the biggest budget, not in one single market. So it all came back to knowing who your brand is, knowing how to position your brand and driving it. It's versus, a, it's like a, it's a, a rifle versus a shotgun because you just have to be accurate. In today's world of digital, like you said, we can go anywhere and see all kinds of advertising and the cookies follow us everywhere, and social media, but it's all about your messaging. It's not necessarily the quantity, it's the, it's the quality. So we focus on that and we're very, very precise on our website, the content, the imagery, the color, you know, like we reskinned our entire website. Our digital marketing manager is superb. She does an outstanding job bringing our brand to life. And we've worked really hard over the last year of really fine tooth reviewing every picture, every sentence. And it starts with that because at the end of the day, we can sell direct or we can sell to our retailers. We prefer to have people go into the retail store and buy from our customers because they can experience the product live and in person and validate their purchase. Um, but I, I think that's important for retailers is have a great site, know who you are. And if you're running a digital business, well, that's different. The site's even more crucial, but if you're running a store or source, you want to get that experience and then driving that experience into the store. There has to be a cohesiveness between the digital, the advertising, the digital messaging, the in-store experience, and the post-sale satisfaction. All those things have to be aligned because when they're aligned, you get a very satisfied customer. When there's breaks, uh, then that's when there's consumer dissatisfaction. And in the world we live in today, they'll tell you real quick because reviews are everywhere. Um, so that's my simplest advice. Be consistent, know who you are, be honest, play to your strengths. Yeah, I think I think it all starts with knowing who you are. I'm, I'm reading a book right now, Bill. Um, 
what is can you guys see that so this oh, yeah. is mark kinsley and mark quinn's book come back to bed yeah. and and the first <laughs> part of the book they have spent a lot of time talking about you know understanding who you are in the marketplace and what makes you different and um basically saying the same thing that you said so simply they have really gone into detail on it before they go into tactics in the book because the tactics really don't matter unless you know who you are and you know exactly who your market is that you're trying to appeal to one of the things that you said it quickly but it's it's a big deal and it's leveraging your strengths so the first thing you have to do before you leverage a strength is to define it and to understand it so you have to assess what you have which you had to do you know when you came to us two years ago you had to quickly assess what was there strengths weaknesses opportunities and then of course today what we see you know it's digital 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 more digital um you have you know some of the some of the best people working uh for us and some of the ads that i've seen recently i've just absolutely fallen in love with um you know where we're really focusing in on who we are what makes us different our heart the award that we recently won uh you know and uh i'm glad that you said the thing about reviews because i beat my retailers to death with this and all my friends that are in business you know to me to me not to be sacrilegious there's a there's a holy trinity and it, it's it's online reviews it's it's testimonials and then it's referrals those three things mm -hmm. If you want an edge as a small business, you have to execute on those. And, you know, if necessary, you need to bring automation into play. At least it has to be systematized so that everybody knows their role. Every salesperson that works for you, if you're a retailer, they have to know that you absolutely expect them to get the customer to give referrals to give testimonials and to give a five-star online review and everything that you do as an rsa leading up to that has to earn that those things because those things aren't given right mm -hmm. it's yeah they're, they're they're earned so i'm gonna go the opposite way when you went from wholesale to retail and the wholesale and retail back and forth what were the don'ts what were the don'ts that you saw that were kind of like consistent like what shouldn't a store be doing what should a business not be doing you know what are the pitfalls that they need to avoid don't be arrogant yeah okay as well as good of a brand or brands you may have yep uh don't cut back on 
training and education for your company and your people. Because again, people are the engine of any organization. And once you stop training and feeding the knowledge, whether it's customer service, sales, marketing, people driving the truck, people doing the digital ads, you're just going backwards. Um, Those are two of my biggest don'ts. And don't stop learning and don't stop trying to understand how to become better. Uh, A lot of companies get stuck in what they do and how they've done or what the good old days were. And it's like this elusive thing that, you know, you can never go backwards. You can never recreate history at a point in time. I would say time and time again in the many, many companies I've worked for, whether it's in uh, retail or wholesale, uh, I've seen those mistakes over and over and again. The arrogance, the unwillingness to learn, the willingness to expand and listen to those who have other perspectives, and the willingness to eliminate or uh, not train or coach or motivate their employee base. Those are just, I've seen, I can't tell you, I've seen them just about in every company I've worked for in some form or fashion. Yeah. You know, and the thing that interests me the most out of what you said is that don't cut back on training and education. And, and so I think that what happens sometimes is uh, the ownership is looking for a, uh, big bounce in terms of uh, revenue expected coming back right away. If they don't see that big bounce immediately, they, 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 they want to cut back on it because they see it as a, as an expense. Whereas you are looking long-term and you are seeing it as an investment in your people and in the culture of your company. Or am I? Yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's right. I mean, when you when you look at things that are points of separation in a company and their value proposition, uh, cultural learning, attitude, are things that uh, attitude's hard to teach, but you can impact it with the right culture. Those are things that sound, uh, you know, wishy washy or whatever, but they make a huge difference, and they truly are competitive advantage competitive advantage for companies that do them correctly because you can't easily replicate them they're 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 not they're very hard to replicate well i have to jump on this one impact and attitude so if the truth be told when you came on board i was probably just about ready to put my resignation in But when you came and you traveled with me, I automatically just saw a kindred spirit, somebody who wants to win, somebody who has won, and somebody who's going to win again, and someone that's going to change our company in a positive way and help our dealers be very successful. Um, So in terms of impact and attitude, what are the things, I mean, I, you bring a lot of energy. When you walk into a room, Bill, it's 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 like plugging into electricity, brother. It really is. And do you do that on purpose or is that just who you are and what happens? Uh, no, I, no, I just am who I am. 
I don't put anything on for show. I mean, there are situations, yeah, where I do things to make a point, but no, no, I just am who I am. Okay. So you're just a, a real high energy guy and I only have only have one speed, just like I told your producer. Yep. 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 Unfortunately, I'm pretty much the same way. So yeah. Yeah, it's high, it's high energy and can be a little bit louder at times, but uh yeah. I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do a 10 second commercial. Hey guys, this show is available as a podcast on your favorite platform. Search for the Pete Primo show on your favorite platform. Simon and Billy at Get Super Serial, they have me on every platform. It doesn't matter what platform uh, you use. If you want to listen to this, if you if you pick this up on YouTube or on Facebook and and you want to listen to it as you're as you're driving as a podcast, just jump in on on your you'll you'll find me all you have to do is start typing in the pete and by the time you get to pri my show pops up anyway um i don't want to leave impact and attitude alone because it's a big deal um when we're selling anything whether we're a business owner or we're a, a professional salesperson um our attitude determines our success sooner or later. And, and it can't just be a short term, you know, adrenaline, you know, rush. Um, it has to be a, a positive attitude um, all the time. And so other than modeling um, what you want, is there any tips that you could pass on to our business owners or to our salespeople for that matter? about how you as a leader can impact attitude of, of those who report to you. Oh, gee. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have a massive impact on attitude. So, um, you know, smile is always a good way to start, you know, yeah. you know, uh, it does impact your attitude when you smile, but, you know, as a leader, your responsibility is to give guidance. It's to, um, help those around you understand and vice versa, they, they can help you. So it's a collaborative approach. Um, there's a term servant leadership. I believe in many aspects of that, um, where you have to be willing to give to get great performance of your team and you have to be willing to, to listen and seek understanding. Uh, so people, it's important to be heard. So just some good basics, right? Stephen Covey always said, seek to understand before understood. Um, so I try to do that quite a bit. And, you know, just ask people their perspective on things. Don't assume, you know, why, you know, there's the, uh, one of the people I used to work with a long time ago used to say, always try to find the why behind the what. So somebody did something, that's the what, but try to, try to really understand why they did it or what the thought process was uh, before providing any input or passing any kind of judgment or, or giving them any feedback. So. Those are just some simple things that I kind of think about most of the time. That that's that's awesome advice. Uh, the why is so important to understanding your people, and um, so you went from being a sales rep all the way to being a mattress buyer for one of the largest retailers in the country, and so. This is something that's kind of weird, but it's happened on accident, Bill. I have a massive amount of reps that follow this show. 
it, it's it's amazing. So you putting on your uh, buyer buyer's hat, things that you liked about salespeople, sales reps calling on you, things that you admired, and things that you would say, hey, don't do this. Hmm. Well, don't waste my time. Okay. Be educated on, and I'm speaking, me. Uh, be educated on my business. Do the prior work before you ever walk into the office or get on the phone to, to potentially understand what needs to be done or how you could add value. And then seek clarification, right? Seek to be, you know, don't try to provide your opinion without double checking it to see if it's accurate. Um, and then be open to dialogue, right? Uh, and trying to find ways, because that's what really what a sales professional's job is, is a, you're there to provide solutions to a business. Uh, yep. So think maybe think of it outside of just whatever product or brand you represent, but be more consultative in your approach and understand uh, the different aspects that a buyer is responsible for. Look, a buyer is a seller. I mean, they call them buyers, but buying product is maybe 25% of what a buyer does. A, a merchant is responsible for a business. They're responsible for sales and margin, uh, quality and returns and consumer satisfaction. And they have a whole organization that depends on their piece or portion of that business. So they, they essence, run a business. And um, the one thing I've, I've said this to you many times, um, that it didn't quite hit home until my first merchandising position, but as I took on larger roles, I used to say to reps, every time you ask me to buy something new or different, you want me to do work for you. That means I have to close something out. I have to discontinue something. I have to mark it down maybe. I have to sell it off my floors, get rid of my samples. And then I have to do it all over again. I have to, I have to re-skew it, re-forecast it, get my team to forecast it. How am I going to promote it? Where does it fit? How's it going to expand or grow the business? And if you don't understand that, then you're making a terrible mistake. Because every time you pitch something, you're like, oh, I want to sell you this shiny new toy. Oh, you yeah. want me to work for you? Okay. And I've said that many, many times to many reps. I'm like, I really don't want to work for you today. I want you to work for me. Um, and I would only <laughs> even say that to the and I would only say that to the ones that I thought would be helpful. If I really didn't yeah. think they didn't do the fundamentals or basics, they wouldn't even get that much feedback from me. So um, Right. Right. A retail a retail job, especially in today's world, is very challenging. And they have a lot of responsibilities and they have a, a lot to do. So the more you yeah. think through it and make it simpler for them, the better off. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with a top 100 um, yesterday. And, and I said, you know, years and years ago, your job was a lot simpler. What came to the forefront when we started to experience you know, supply chain uh, disruption and you couldn't get merchandise. I mean, you literally became um, professional beggars for merchandise. Now, beggars, you know, not a, and, and he started laughing. He said, exactly. Do you know how many manufacturers I begged for merchandise? Anything. Okay, you don't have 
A that I want to buy. Tell me what you have because maybe I'll buy it. So one of the things that I would add to our rep friends is go a little bit further. Don't because somebody asks for A and you don't have A, but you have B and you have C, you have D and you have E. Offer mm -hmm. B, C, D, and E. Offer it. You owe it to them. Sure. Forget about you. You're not being selfish. You owe it to them to let you to let them know everything that you have to offer. And that they're a professional buyer. They can say yes or they can say no. But that's your job. Yeah. Your job is to be out there and offer solutions to problems. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's that, no, I think that's a no, but that, A, because we haven't really talked about the supply chain impact. And we both know because we talk oh, four, three, four or five times a day sometimes. The supply chain impact since COVID uh, across the world has been like nothing any of us have ever seen. So uh, it has challenged. I would say close to, I bet you most companies, I mean, our company as well. I mean, we're, we're vertically integrated with our phone, but still been challenged um, yeah. with all the raw materials, whether it's short lead time, long lead time. To your point, we've had to change sources holistically because some companies literally just couldn't provide, whether it's TDI shortages or importing issues, or now that there's, there's not even containers to be able to import, whether it's China, Eastern Europe, whatever. And these these problems are not going away. So it's totally changed the, the the environment we are in. So it forces you actually to have completely different strategies for us, because we're, again, we're both. We sell direct to the consumer and we sell through our retail distribution and we have sales reps and um, we're responsible to make sure we have product timely, uh, there. And as you know, I spend an inordinate amount of my time on those types of topics, uh, making sure that we do have. And as you know, we spend, you know, probably more time than folks would ever realize saying we will not overcommit a product line or a portion of our assortment if we don't think we can execute. Matter of fact, right? You know, we talk about it literally every week. Yeah. Uh, we that's do. the worst thing we could do. That'd be the worst thing we could do is to go to the buyer who we just talked about who's having ch so many more challenges and then make them feel good that they found a vendor partner and then all of a sudden we fail that that's an excuse and we we won't do that we won't do that yep that, that's awesome well bill i promised you i wouldn't go over a certain time and i went over a certain time so i appreciate you making the time for us is there anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye well before i do that let me just say this i, I can't help it um, Bill Bush is the best thing that ever happened to I Love Pillow, and that's memory foam that we pour ourselves in Michigan. And if you want memory foam that doesn't have TDI on it in it, then you need to be buying our pillows. And I could go on and on, but I just want to say publicly, Bill. Thank you for being a great leader. Thank you for navigating us through a very difficult year uh, where we had extraordinary gains compared to the rest of the industry. And thanks for everything you're going to do in the future. And now I will give you the last word. What do you no, want to say before we me. sign off, brother? Thanks for having me on. Happy holidays to you and your family. I 
certainly appreciate uh, your kind words. I'll do my best to maintain uh, those high level of expectations. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're excited to move forward into this year. All the things we talked about, we are executing. So we're excited to build our business with our retail partners and with Consumer Direct. And uh, we live by everything we said. It's not, it's not like you and I even prepared for this, right? We just you said, hey, no. can you be on the phone? I put the headphones on. I had no idea what we were going to talk about. We're just talking, <laughs> so, which is actually great. I work best this way. And uh, we hope everyone is safe and healthy and spending time with your family. And uh, God bless. And let's just hope we can get past the, uh, the virus and get back to some normalcy. And if there's anything we can do to help anybody out there, uh, whether it's some feedback, if you liked what we were talking about, just be happy to reach out to us. We're here to help in any way we can. Happy Bill's New Year. email, happy uh, new year. And Bill's email is right there. And his uh, cell number is right there. Don't call him till after the new year because I have worked this guy to death and uh, he needs a break at this point. Happy new year, everybody. And thank you, Bill, very much. Thank you.